a golden god! An equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> Who's weirder, you or me? You just put the law on my hands, and I'm gonna break your heart. Nobody puts baby in the Whatever you do, don't fall Hello and welcome to a special bonus episode of Movies for Life. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brian Kuyper. And I'm your other co-host, Michelle Egan. So today we thought we'd do something that we haven't done before, which is do kind of a review discussion about a movie that we've that is new, that we've both seen, uh, and just give our initial impressions of it. It's going to be a little bit more of a casual episode. We gonna try and see if we can get away with a little hopefully shorter with uh, yeah shorter see if we can get away with a little less editing and some of those things so you're gonna get us mostly unfiltered i think unless we really go (laughs) off the rails then we'll (laughs) probably cut a bit of that out but today we wanted to talk about something timely for this halloween season which is david gordon green's Halloween ends and just our thoughts, our feelings, our impressions of it uh, after just one viewing. And, you know, you said, Michelle, that you gave it another scan this morning, but I just kind of skimmed what I had time to watch before we got on. Yeah. Yeah. But I would really like to watch it again and sit with it a little longer and think about it a little more. Yeah. Because I really liked what it was doing. Yeah. So this will be spoilers involved in this one, in this discussion, but not necessarily as deep of a dive as we would with something like we did with New Nightmare or Goodfellas, where we cover one movie and really dive into it, because neither of us have really seen this a lot yet. I'm just kind of going personally by my one viewing in the theater a week ago, and you're going from... What? What was your... About the same. I think I watched it like a day or two after you. Yeah. And you watched it. How did you watch it? I watched it at home on Peacock. Excellent. Okay. So it's kind of cool, you know, that it's available either in theaters or at home for subscribers, I guess, to to Peacock, um, which I'm not, but I could be because apparently we have... Uh, Comcast internet and can get the $5 tier for free, which I just learned. I did not know that was the case, but apparently that's true. <laughs> Go do that. They yeah. they got some good stuff on there. Yeah. So I'll, I I know. I mean, it's got like the Universal Monster movies are on there and um, TV episodes like The Office and mm-hmm. things like that, which um, I know I love The Office and my son has never seen it, but is dying to watch it. So yeah. Neither. <laughs> it might be worth it. 
an office. I mean, it's I, like it's like yeah. Law and Order SVU for you. It's it's the thing for me. I love The Office. <laughs> it's one of my favorite shows ever. So I kind of wished after I watched it that I had gone to see it in the theater. Yeah. I just that night I really wanted to watch it, but I was just like, I do not want to go out anywhere. I just want to sit in my PJs and eat dinner and watch this. Sure, <laughs> but my, uh, I, but I, I think yeah. it it works either way. I think something like Halloween Kills was probably more of a fun theater experience yeah. one, and this one, uh, I I definitely if people had been like messing up my experience watching it, I don't know that I would have liked it as much as I did. You know, because. Yeah. I let that affect me sometimes, sure. and I, I, re- I really needed this to be like a personal viewing to really get what it was going for. I think, yeah, and I, I think I, I liked it a lot more in, with that experience. And this is a lot more intimate movie than Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. Um, have we just, <laughs> as it so happens, discussed uh, Halloween Kills with Mike Snooney and over on Pod and the Pendulum uh, just last night? We recorded that episode, uh, so. We just decided to kind of continue the conversation between the two of us into Halloween ends. So this is let's take this as our spoiler alert, our official spoiler alert. We're going to okay, start yeah. talking about the movie proper and the big things that stand out to us. And we're probably going to totally wreck the ending and everything in between for you if you have not seen the movie yet. Um, and that's the thing. My thought is make your own opinions on a movie. Don't go by discourse. Please don't go by the love it or hate it mentality that is out there with this movie. Um, With any with any movie, but I think it's so particularly strong with these new Halloween entries because I remember people who decided not to see Halloween Kills at all just because of the discourse around it. And it didn't even necessarily have anything to do with their enjoyment or not of the first David Gordon Green movie from 2018, which I thought was really, I guess, kind of bizarre. I I, I wasn't entirely sure why that was the case. But the thing is, if the movie's not your bag, it's not your bag. I mean, that's and with this movie, I can understand that more than I can with some of the others. I understand why people don't like this movie. Um, but I did like this movie and I'm just going to go ahead and say that right at the top. We'll give our exact like star <laughs> number that we gave, uh, right. later, but, um, I did. And like I will say movie. that I will say that I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. So I saw this with my son and my son did not like this. He thought it was boring. He didn't understand why Michael wasn't in it enough (laughs) he that was his feeling it's like (laughs) i just wanted to see michael kill people well i was like dude that's what we got that's in halloween that's what halloween kills is and that was the point of halloween kills yeah Yeah. what what's interesting though is his favorite of these three is and i think maybe his favorite of any halloween movie that he's seen he's only seen the four he's seen the original and then he's seen the trilogy here uh his favorite of them all is 2018 he, he thinks it's it's funnier. It has enough sort of character development, I think, to keep him interested. But it also has enough Michael Myers action to keep him engaged right. as well. So, you know, he's 12. I mean, that's the kind of... 
those are the kinds of things you know i i think the i would i would say the sort of quiet slow burn stalking nature of the 1978 film and he loved it when we watched it uh he actually finished and he's he was pretty young he was like nine when we watched that and he said um i think that's the best movie i've ever seen <laughs> you know he <laughs> so he loved john carpenter's halloween but he uh, actually ended up ultimately preferring the 2018 but he hated this because like it was mentioned michael myers doesn't show up until halfway through really Except in a couple of teases, um, yeah. even maybe even farther. Uh, so little flashbacks and stuff at the beginning, right? Yeah. There was a meme that I saw even before, and we're going to be posting our episode on Jurassic Park next week, so it's kind of appropriate. It's like uh, it was a meme of Jeff Goldblum, you know, tapping the glass, saying, hey, hey, <laughs> yeah. are, 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 there, "Are there going to be Michael Myers in your Michael Myers movie?" <laughs> Myers movie, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, and that is kind of the point, though. And that was really the only, like, quote-unquote spoiler I got about the movie before I watched it. All I, I, I always stay away from, like, discourse yeah. if i can anyway for any movie because like you said i'm no matter what i'm gonna watch it myself and come up with my own opinions and thoughts and feelings um so all i really heard about halloween ends was that it was kind of weird like even you even your text to me because uh, you watched it first were like i hope you like it it's different so i was like okay and then i did get the little spoiler that michael wasn't in it a whole lot but honestly while i was watching that movie that didn't bother me at all because i was really engaged with the new story and you know people saying that this is is weird and it it it's kind of weird to bring in a completely new character for the last movie honestly that Again, that didn't really bother me. I didn't really have a problem with it. I was really into, I think I was just more into, I got right away like what they were trying to do yeah, and what kind, what kind of message they were trying to send. And I really enjoyed it. One of the things that... But I'm not going <laughs> to... I understand like it not being what you expect from a... Not like as final of a fight or confrontation or something, you know, between Laurie and Michael, but I, I don't know. That, that's the, I don't think that's what this trilogy was ever really trying to do. That they weren't trying bothered me. to be that kind of movie. Yeah. That didn't bother me the way that it bothered a lot of people. It's like, uh, cause there was sort of in Halloween kills, there's sort of the big group confrontation with Michael and they try and take him mm -hmm. down and, and it's sort of epic in its way and it fails. And here um, the confrontation is intimate. It's in a kitchen. It's in just a regular domestic home. And which is where their first confrontation was. It was. Uh, she's wearing the same. She's outfit. wearing essentially <laughs> the, the same outfit. Yeah. Film. And, um, she a lot of the same shots in that final yeah, confrontation. Yeah, the I, pose. I mean, I really just think it, it, 
Yeah, yeah his pose on the counter more... is the same as his pose on the lawn. Uh, things like that. This was all really more metaphorical yeah. and symbolic than literal. That's what I think this whole new trilogy has been. Yeah. And that's why I like looking now that I've seen Halloween ends. That's uh, I kept bringing this up in the Halloween kills episode. But it's like, I really think you need to look at all of these as a trilogy, as the three, how they work together and how they work off of each other and the different things that each one is doing and the different aspects of things like fear and evil and trauma that they're all trying to explore. And like you were saying about uh, the 2018 version, how it's got just enough of that kind of stuff and the Michael Myers, like, you know, stock and slash. I think that the, that's, I think that's really good because the first one has that. And then it's like the next two movies kind of break that in half Halloween Kills does a lot more of the stock and slash and Halloween Ends goes for the metaphor of, of trauma overcoming evil and fear. And it they so they all three. So like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I do. Like, you know what? I This one has both. Halloween mm-hmm. Kills has one. Halloween Ends has the other. So they really give time to both of those things. And I think what I have sort of concluded with this trilogy is that they each sort of link they become spiritual connect spiritually connected i guess to their Mm -hmm. counterpart in the original three movies so halloween 18 is very much sort of in the spirit of halloween 78 they've got Mm -hmm. you've got you know the long time before Michael escapes (laughs) then you have Michael escaping the night before Halloween and then you have the whole day and night of Halloween with people not knowing there's a danger out there and then it ends in this confrontation with Michael so structurally it's really similar and thematically it's really similar to Mm -hmm. the first Halloween. Halloween Kills is very much similar to Halloween 2. I mean, the hospital setting is so much of the movie for one of the more obvious things. Uh, It's a direct continuation of the first film, just like Halloween 2, and some other things of that nature. This one... I really think they're trying to capture something of the essence of Halloween 3 season of the witch. And one of those one of the things that I've always felt about Halloween 3 is that and this partially comes from something my guitar teacher said. We used to talk about horror movies a lot. Uh, by the time I was in high school, we talked more about horror movies than we played guitar. Uh <laughs> just the way it was. But he said, you know, something about Halloween 3, because I didn't like it when I first saw it. And I was talking to him, I didn't like it. I, I, I missed it. Michael. He said, Here's the thing. Connell Cochran, that whole Silver Shamrock thing, it's really an ex- it's the same evil. It's like the same entity that inhabits Michael Myers uh, is in Connell Cochran and sort of being put out into the world in this mm-hmm. sort of mega maniacal fashion is 
what the, that idea was. So here, it's not so broad as that. It's, it's, it's more intimate. It's like the evil of Michael has dissipated into the town. So you've got, you know, the all the bad stuff that happens. You know, obviously the big one is the cold open with Corey accidentally killing the kid. Which, that's a heck of a cold open, right? I know. <laughs> I mean, and I know people... That's shot That's shot of the kid. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I, know, <laughs> I was like, okay. And there are people yeah, going for it. that I saw that just hated this movie that commented that they loved that opening. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it is it was just so surprising. And it was really well-crafted. Um but just this idea of the the trauma of of it all sort of permeating into the town. You see the woman who's hung herself. You see, um, you know, Lori. Lori in this movie is interesting. Can we talk about Lori? This Lori is more like the Lori we saw in H2O. She's um, traumatized, but she's learning how to deal with it in different ways than you know hiding herself mm-hmm. from the world and um you know shooting at mannequins and sort of doomsday prepping right. for his return I, there are different ways that people express trauma obviously some people may react the way Lori does in in 2018 halloween and that's fine okay that's that's an interpretation but this is kind of like feels a little bit more like more people would uh, deal with a traumatic situation. You know, they're, they're living, they're just continuing on with their life in their neighborhood around Uh. people and just trying to deal with it. And the whole town after the fallout of Halloween kills is trying to deal with this situation itself i really like laurie i like how outspoken she is i like that yeah i mean some of the lines i don't know if i believe that laurie from 1978 would say you know sometimes you just got to rip your sh- shirt open and show grief your tits and you know i don't know if that's yeah r- <laughs> really laurie's drone but okay <laughs> a lot can happen in 40 years it feels very danny uh danny uh what's his name mcbride McBride feels very Danny McBride and it feels very Jamie Lee Curtis to be honest right (laughs) it does (laughs) I saw this one as more like I mean just part of her cycle of dealing with her trauma like this is the the last stage is finding out how to deal with it in healthy ways and not letting it you know overcome your life like it does in the 2018 version actually kind of embracing those things that you're scared of, like the way that she moves into town amongst other people, the way she actually decorates her house for Halloween, you know, and yep. participates in the holiday is very important, I think. Uh, but then still trying to grapple with those little ripple effects. Um, Cause the parts that just like really broke my heart. Cause I loved seeing that, um, this this side of her uh, in this movie because I was like okay yeah because like, I've, I've honestly it feels kind of like the stage that that I'm in now you know I'm just like okay 
I've got that dealt with. Now we can like build my new life and yeah. be a little bit happier than I was before, you know? Yeah. But then still just you're kind of left like with any kind of trauma. There's still kind of reminders everywhere. Like it just, like I said, broke my heart. Like when um, she was confronted by uh, Sandra and her sister. Yes. Which you understand <laughs> definitely from their perspective, but it's also... Ah, does she really need that? Does she really deserve that? I don't know, but you you can't whatever you can't deny somebody else's trauma and their feelings, you know, for for how they're feeling, for what happened to the, them or their family member. Yeah, I mean that's that's just what that's what happens. That's what I think this one is about. I mean, it's about evil and fear and you know that kind of stuff and trauma and just all the ways that it can spread the cycle. That is the cycle of violence, I think, is also a, um, yes. a theme going on in here, too. Now, there's you have to come up with an end for yourself. Right. It, one of the things I really like about Lori in this is how hopeful she ultimately is. Yeah. And the for me, the very best scenes in the movie are the ones between her and Will and Frank and Will Patton as, as Frank. Hawkins absolutely I, I I don't know I just kind of got it's the same with thing that. with him too mm-hmm. yeah it's the same thing with him too when they're like in the grocery store yeah. and I forgot what else he says when he's talking about like he's you know cooking for the guys and you know and I my daughter got me a <laughs> Rosetta Stone and I'm learning Japanese yeah kind of thing he's doing the same thing like he's got stuff that you know he was dealing with that you know in Halloween kills that he's trying to move on and build a life. And they're just also just so freaking cute together when yeah. he compliments her hair. And she's like, she does a little schoolgirl thing. Like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and touches it. They are freaking adorable. But um, yeah, they're both kind of on the same path. That's why um, I don't know if I really agree now with what I said in Halloween kills that the flashbacks don't really mean anything <laughs> because I think they do now. For Frank's story, the biggest, for, like the how they end up. Biggest thing that the one. that the flashbacks add, and I tried to say this last night, is, is Hawkins. Is is what, they flesh yeah. out Hawkins' character, but at the same time, I don't know if they necessarily needed to be conveyed in flashback. You know, they could have just been could have just been talking. Yeah, in in, in in conversation because honestly, I think just Will Patton and Jamie Lee Curtis have sort of an undeniable chemistry that is there even in the first uh, Halloween in, in the 2018 Halloween that has carried through all three movies. That's actually one of the mm-hmm. bigger through lines that has carried all the way through all three is this sort of tenuous relationship that the two of them have had. Um, mm-hmm. There's a little bit of contention in the 2018 version because Lori is sort of, uh, you know, she's a she's a gun nut in that, and she could be dangerous. Right. And there's and so, but Will, Pat, I keep calling him Will, but Frank, <laughs> Frank, Frank knows her well enough to know that she's not that person either. I think. And it carries through. I, I really like the hospital scenes when they end up in the same room together in Halloween Kills. Uh, they're very brief. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the extraneous monologue that goes on forever in Halloween Kills is in between the two of them. Uh, 
I, I was going to say, I wish that they cut it off a little earlier, like right when Frank says, I wish we knew now, uh, then what we know now and just end it there and then just let the film play out to the end without right. any of that cutting back to that. Um, I think it would have don't been, tell I me. think it would have, we'll still get it. I think it would have been better. Cause I mean, it, it gives us room to think of it, you know, on our own terms rather than think mm-hmm. of it on what the filmmakers are trying to get us to understand. I know. And, and that <laughs> I think is one of the issues I have with Halloween kills after viewing it again. Um, and I didn't really like that monologue the first time. So, I mean, to me, that's my favorite thing. But I also kind of like, I, I like Allison a lot in this movie. I don't kind of like I Allison. Allison. I, I think she's really great in this. And um, obviously, uh, Andy uh, Matichek returning as Allison as well. Everyone is returning. <laughs> what am I saying? But it, it, she's <laughs> she's really come to a point as this character Again, it just feels most realistic to me in this context. She's dealing with grief mm-hmm. of losing both her parents. She's It's like she wants to leave Haddonfield but feels like she can't because of her history with her grandmother um and just all that that entails. Well, and, and even she says to Corey at one time, doesn't she say like all my memories all are my here? All my memories are here, yeah. I mean, it's like, but all your bad memories are here too. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's tough to contend with when it's like a place that you grew up in, and, yeah. and it's it's comfortable, and it's people you know, and it's a place you know. But it, if it also carries bad memories too, that's that's tough. Yeah. Uh, She's kind of the MVP of the little this little trilogy. I think. I think so too. She's really she's really come into her own. Like, and I actually liked her a lot more in kills and kind of realized more how that adds to her arc when I saw her in this one, because mm-hmm. she's going through a similar thing as, as Lori did just in a much shorter time period. She's had to, to go through it yeah. where she's gone through that, like uh, the trauma stage, the anger stage where you just have nothing but rage and wanting to lash out. And then where you're trying to, to rebuild and help yourself and help other people, but also, you know, still have those lingering effects that are just going to be there for the rest of your life that you got to learn how to deal with in a healthy way. And when you have an in an influence, like Corey eventually becomes mm-hmm. that makes things a little bit difficult. Yeah. So Corey, uh, he, uh, he is convicted for, of manslaughter, I believe for, for the death yeah. of the, of the the charge his babysitting charge and who he kicks a door open while there's while the kid's being kind of a pest and and he locks him in this door <laughs> it knocks the kid down over the stairs over the railing and the and he dies it kills him uh that's a little bit of a suspiria opening moment <laughs> you know uh where the, sure. with the railing and the kid and the person falling to their death in a pool of blood um but that's a like we said great cold opening but cory because of that i mean you kind of get the i kind of get the impression from the opening scene before all that goes down that you know this is a kid who's kind of on his way to leaving haddonfield 
He's on going on mm-hmm. to you know he's older better yeah. things. Um, he's going to yeah. His dad owns the local junkyard, um, but he's ready. His I, I think that's a step. He's stepdad. Okay. Um, his his so. mom is nuts. Yeah. So I don't know if stepdad is a great guy. I though. think part Love part him. of it is yeah yeah I like him. I, 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 there's a sense of he would leave just to get away from her (laughs) Uh, unless there is yeah unless i'm reading that wrong um but he's sort of stuck he's working in his stepdad's junkyard uh helping to fix cars in the garage doing welding work and things like that and just trying to keep a low profile as much as he can in town yeah because i mean everyone who sees him is like oh you're that kid killer you're you're a murderer, mm. you know. You're the you're the new you're the boogeyman that we you're are using to yeah. replace Michael because we haven't seen Michael. We don't know where he is. So everything bad that happens is your fault, or Lori's Sorry. fault, or Allison's fault, right? It's Allison, mostly it's mostly Corey and and Lori. Though, yeah, Allison even blames Lori at one point for stuff that's happened. Like sure, because she wanted to go after Michael and she caused all the other stuff, which no, she didn't, but okay. (laughs) When it comes to Allison, is it, she just, is it just a compassionate thing at first? you think for Corey, Corey? Yeah. Like, do you think she knows who he is right away? And I think so. I think so. That's kind of what it seems like. Cause she never seems surprised when people talk about right. Like what he did. Um, so I think uh-huh. she does know right away and she knowing uh, in a way like what what he's going through is just like having people talk about you and know your story and think, mm-hmm. as she says, think they know what you've been through and really they don't at all. So I think she does have compassion for him there and is kind of determined to treat him like a person first and foremost yeah. and not treat him like what he's been through <laughs> like what yeah. he, other people see him like that probably the same way that anybody you know who if people know what you've been through you don't want them to treat you any differently you don't want them right. to look at you any differently because you know you're still just a person and that's just a part of you it is not your entire life uh, yeah. so I think that's what her intention is at first and I she probably does like him because honestly yeah he is kind of cute sorry for people that <laughs> No, that's okay. <laughs> that, and that's one of the things I was wondering because I'm, I, I'm sort of like, I see Allison as just like gorgeous. I mean, she's mm-hmm. sort of in a different league than Corey, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, so, so I'm almost like, is she? Is there? Is it a little just kind of like pity involved, and she just wants to? I don't think so. Be kind, kind to him, and it's not, and more of a friendship. I don't think it's way. pity. I think it's more <laughs> compassion. Well, yeah. she's empath- empathetic. Empathetic. Sure. Empathy is a better word, I suppose, because uh, she, they do have similar experiences in some ways, um, as far as traumatic elements that have happened to both of them, mm-hmm. um, and they're sort of shunned by the town in various ways. Um, Lori definitely feels that connection with him, absolutely, yeah. instantly, <laughs> and when he's sort of. Um, are you the, the psycho or the freak show? Of, yeah. 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 And the sort of, uh, the band kids sort of mess with him 
Which that is a critic. That's a weird criticism of this movie. People are like, who gets messed with by band kids? And it's like, <laughs> well, that is showing what a loser <laughs> uh, this town thinks Corey is. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, but also, but also at the same time, there are bullies in every situation. Oh yeah, everywhere. So I mean, to think that band kids are incapable of being bullies is you don't know kids. Every I mean, frankly, every I'm group, being, every clique is everyone. ripe for bullying. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. What's funny is, except for the lead band kid, the whoever that the the rich kid is that owns the car. I don't know his name. <laughs> I don't remember his name either. He's the only one that I see as being really the big jerk. Everyone else is kind of like, "What are you doing? Why are we doing this? You know, mm-hmm. don't." It, stop you know especially the girls i kind of have some empathy for them i i don't see they're they're kind of they're stuck followers. going along with this guy they're I followers mean, they're, yeah they are yeah. they are they're not they're not standing up for themselves and for what is right in a proper way they try to but, but that then when is they not realize... unnatural though yeah yeah they try to but when he won't give up and you know he's their leader they have to they have to follow like a lot of these mm-hmm. cliques do but then yeah. he's also representative of the cycle of violence uh, mm-hmm. because uh, we see that scene of him at the junkyard when he's got to bring his car in because they flat he <laughs> drove three miles on a flat tire don't do that come on right y'all <laughs> right. and his father is there because his father's berating like him. my son's a moron yeah yeah <laughs> doesn't know how to change a tire like just you're so stupid that's you know Corey sees that and when he confronts him about it like before they throw him over the the bridge or whatever um i mean the kid knows it he knows exactly why he acts the way that he does but it's just one of those things when you're in the cycle like that's that's hard to break out of that's that's right and i and i definitely see that as a definite um theme of this movie mm-hmm. so uh, allison and Corey sort of develop the relationship or the spark of one at least but then after a a, a night being bullied again uh <laughs> Corey gets thrown down by the sewer and he gets dragged into the sewer pipe <laughs> by Michael Myers, yeah. who has been apparently living in this place for the last three years, uh, presumably sur- surviving on who knows rats or whatever else is uh, in there. I don't know that that sounds like the inhumanly impatient Michael Myers or the inhumanly patient, patient. I should say, yeah. Michael <laughs> Myers that Dr. Loomis talks about in you know, not seeing the wall, looking past the wall, looking to this yeah. night, and you know that whole thing. <laughs> it's that kind of patient Michael Myers that I see. Um, but he has sort of a dead zone moment with him, he right? Sort of looks or, into his eyes and says everything. It's like the transference of evil, the transfer of evil. Is kind of what it feels like. No, I would say most I, of all I that. Ask you about that though. I think it's again like with a lot of stuff. In this new trilogy, I think a lot of it is more metaphorical than literal. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think he's. I don't think Michael's <laughs> transferring his evil to uh, to Corey. I think That's it's what, already inside Corey. It's inside everybody. You know, to a point. It's, yeah, it's the potential for it is inside everybody. 
I really think that's the point of this trilogy uh-huh. is that everyone has the evil inside them. And uh-huh. the whole mob thing in the second movie, I really think that's the point of that. I is do. that we all, we all we all have the potential to do these horrible things. Sometimes even sort of against our will, we just kind of like are can be taken in by the crowd. And I and mm-hmm. I a lot of people like Tommy Doyle and I get why people call him the villain of Halloween Kills. I get that. But at the same time, I don't see him as, you know, he's labeled as, oh, he's total MAGA guy or this or that. I don't see that entirely no. with Tommy. What I see with Tommy is just a guy who's afraid yeah. and a, who who just takes it too far. And when he after he's taken it to a certain point, doesn't know how to stop it and turn it around um, in any kind of way. I think that's what I see in Tommy. Um so I don't dislike Tommy and Lonnie as much as a lot of people do. I don't either. Because you kind of yeah, understand I, why they do that. I mean, it's just... okay. The, I think it's more complicated than that, is sure. what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, like, yeah. okay, so Halloween 2018 is mostly about Lori and how it's... And the family. And, it's yeah. representative of how you let fear take over your life and you let it affect the people around you, which, you know, causes them, you know, just as much trauma, you know, like the generational trauma of the daughter to the granddaughter, um, Mm -hmm. always being afraid. Um, Halloween kills is about when you let that fear, how it is contagious, how it gets, that mob mentality, it gets into the whole town. It gets, people need something, you know, you don't like being afraid. That's not a good feeling to have. You want to have an, a nice life, right? You need something to fight. So you need something to focus on. And even if that's not the the right thing to do, like you, you just, you, you got to have like some kind of tangible thing that you can say, okay, if I get rid of this, I won't feel this way anymore. And we, yeah, that's, think- that's how we need to put it into it. And then this one is about, mm-hmm. okay, dealing with it a little bit better, uh, moving on, looking more internally than externally, and also how if you um, allow other other people's feelings like the way that they externally, you know, express their their fear on onto you and say you you're the bad guy and how you just if it becomes too much, you adopt that yourself and you think, OK, well, if you want me to be the bad guy, I'm just going to be the bad guy because right. there's no other way to deal with it. Um, that's Corey in a little bit of. um Lori's story but she's he goes off the deep end with it and she's kind of um like like with people that are confronting her and saying that things were her fault you know even though she's trying to better herself like she doesn't let that get to her like Corey does right so that's why i think like all three of these movies are like just like a continuation of a a cycle of really had to deal with all these things or just like different, Mm -hmm. just different effects uh, that they can have on people in groups and communities and more, maybe most importantly individuals and the different ways that you can go. And, you know, I remember the reaction to Halloween kills was, was so pissed off that evil didn't die, that they couldn't kill Michael Myers. And I'm like, that's the whole point of the series. Yeah. You can't kill the boogeyman. Right. And here's the issue. It's like, why can you kill the boogeyman? Why can you not kill the boogeyman in, in kills, but you do kill the big boogeyman 
in ends. And here's what I'm thinking. This is my thought. Because... Let's see what you think. And you can't kill the boogeyman with fear. You can't destroy fear with fear. You cannot become what it is mm-hmm. and try to destroy it. Here, Lori doesn't feel afraid to me. Mm-mm. Lori is ready to face Michael. And what does she do? I mean, she she gets him there. So it's not a trap like it is in the first one. It's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. You know, it's it's intimate. It's here you are, Michael. You're here. I'm I'm gonna pin you to my table, pull over the refrigerator on him, <laughs> which people really people freak out about the weirdest things with this movie. It's like it's a movie. It's, it's a, movie. a movie too. Um and but the but bleeding him out, they cut his throat, then she cuts his wrist and is just like you're just the blood needs to drain out of you. There's got to be some way your body can die. Because I think, honestly, the big evil, the big E evil Mm -hmm. that Michael Myers is supposed to represent has sort of at this point just like dissipated out everywhere. Yeah. Into this town by this point. So it's it's a different kind of thing. Is he more man now than that essence of evil? Maybe. I don't know that that's really the point. I think the point is that you are not destroying fear with fear and you're not um, becoming the boogeyman to destroy the boogeyman Mm -hmm. in this movie. It's like she needed to go through what she did in like she wouldn't I don't think even as much of a gun nut as she was in 2018 she wasn't ready to fully destroy him yet that there is a process there is a cycle that you have to get to you know a certain stage where you can finally put an end to it and have it be something in your past and not something in you know your current life you know what i mean like it it's yeah like him just being more representative of of evil and and her trauma that's uh, not and not an actual person. That's, that's how I saw it. It's like, okay, it's, she's right. I think she's finally ready for that closure where she really wasn't before because she was too much in the the anger stage and letting it, you know, control her life. You have to get to exactly. a point where you can just say like, okay, this is a thing, but it, it's a part of my life. It is not my life. It is not my whole life. Yes, I think that's the big key point of this and in her memoir, you know, which is going to go to an editor and it'll, it'll get a little. <laughs> I, yeah, I understood what Mike yeah. meant. By yeah. <laughs> I was uh, kind of watching it again and listening. I was like, yeah, that sounds a little like flowery. Yeah, it, like <laughs> it, it is. It is. Uh, but this idea that she comes to is, you know, evil is not going to go away. There's always going to be a boogeyman in your life in some way it's there's always a boogeyman out there there's always evil that exists in the world yeah. and even worse with it, the the sort of potential for evil that can exist within ourselves exactly it is always going to be there and it's going to take different shapes yeah exactly you know, evil's that, not going to die it's going to take a different shape the shape yeah the shape exactly and that that's such a key uh element of this and i don't understand why why there's this sense of you have to destroy evil entirely. It's not realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's something that we as good people seek to 
end evil, right? By bettering ourselves and by, you know, if if the necessity arises, you know, to fight against it in, in, in some kind of fashion. Mm-hmm. As I've said multiple times, you know, I think our Midnight Mass episode is a good example. You know, the, the we all suck idea. We all have some level of suckiness in us, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, or the potential for evil. And sometimes we become the wolves in sheep's clothing without even realizing that we've become the wolves. And that, honestly, this is my thing. I don't think there's an evil transference thing that happens. I think Corey, this is built up in him for so long through all of the things that have occurred to him because of this one thing that was an accident and everyone just hates him for it. And that hate just builds and builds and builds and it builds in him and it gets worse and worse and worse till it just blows out of him and he needs to destroy because he has never learned how to handle this in a proper way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't mean You know, that. where <laughs> unlike unlike Lori, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I said, I didn't mean trying, that it, I didn't mean trying. that that was literal. Like I said, it was more like a, a visual representation of what was starting to happen with his his character. No, no, no. I wasn't trying to contradict you. That's not what I meant. I, I, but I'm, but I'm just saying that that is sort of what it looks like in the movie. Yeah. Because it does. I there's a few Stephen King kinds of influences in this. Like it between <laughs> a little bit. It yeah. It Christine the Dead Zone. Sure. Uh, you know, sort of classic Stephen King style bullies. Uh, you know, except they're not jocks uh-huh. in this. And and you know there is a the whole thing with the junkyard and the <laughs> unseen unseen driver in the tow truck and all that. <laughs> so I mean, come on, I I, I I actually thought that was kind of fun when I saw that. Uh-huh. I was like, all right, I, I I see what you're doing there, and I and I dig it. I'm along for that. Where you ride. just see the lights and you can't see the driver if yeah. there even is a driver in there. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, but of course there is. Yeah. The the then there's the other day of the mask that Corey feels that he needs the mask, which he steals from Michael, to sort of continue or to finish the job. Yeah. Well, first he has his own. Mm-hmm. He uses the yeah, he's got mask. that scarecrow mask, which I think <laughs> I dig that stuff. I mean, I think when when they're when both Michael and Corey are do the killing at the Dr. house of the doctor. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, essentially what he's doing is he's saying, hey, Michael, I, I've got something for you to do. I saw it um, as kind of um, him, uh, just him following the same path as Michael. Like the that scarecrow mask is a little childlike, like his clown yes, mask. Like was. the clown mask. And I got to say, you know, Michael, when he... Okay, th- there, was a, there was an unproduced screenplay for what it would have been Nightmare on Elm Street 6 in which uh, Peter Jackson wrote it and it where people would like go into the dream world but Freddie had become kind of a joke like he didn't have all his power anymore and they would go in to the dream world and just like taunt Freddie and try and beat him up and stuff like that but then Freddie almost accidentally manages to kill one of the kids in the dream and his power starts coming back. Mm-hmm. I felt a little bit of that in this. 
That's kind of cool. You know, this idea that <laughs> Michael, when he kills, some of that evil essence and power sort of makes him stronger. Because like when he kills the homeless man, mm. then when he kills, I can't remember, does he kill the nurse? I can't remember who Michael, yeah, that's right, because he, he stabs her to the uh, the painting and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and does the head does the head. Yeah, because Corey kills the doctor. I don't know. I, I kind of felt a little <laughs> bit of that maybe seeping into this as well. There are clear influences. And I and like I said, I think there's a sort of a spiritual connection uh, to Halloween 3 uh, in some ways as well. And part of it is that that's the font they use for this one. They use the Halloween 3 font for the titles, oh, um, which I thought was kind of a signal that this one's going to be different. It, it's not going to be... A Michael Myers movie. It's going to be an evil is out there movie. It's going to be a pod movie <laughs> more than a knife movie. But even to though me, it is a knife movie, but to too. me that is still a Halloween and Michael Myers movie. Like going all the way back, yeah. to the first movie. Like what did Doctor Loomis always say about him? That he was just mm-hmm. pure evil. What do people the the unintentional uh, brilliance of the <laughs> the plain white mask you know that people always say is like it's michael that's just the way he is he's just pure evil and like this seems like i don't know why people don't like that this is a continuation of those ideas yeah. that were brought about in the in the first movie the way that evil can be any shape and it can right. affect anybody <laughs> It can get inside anybody and they can become something like Michael Myers. Yeah. And so uh, the argument that you hear is that these movies stray too far from Carpenter's original idea. But I actually think they're exactly his idea. Expound on it (laughs) in a really profound way. Um, Because wasn't his... If, if it wasn't his uh, the thing that he originally wanted to do, if there were sequels, that he didn't want it to be just Michael Myers. He wanted it to be that's right different you know, people or different Halloween ideas. Yeah, yeah, different Halloween ideas, different uh, representations of different shapes of evil. You know, not yeah. just that's what people people wanted. Michael Myers. They didn't want. Which is why Halloween three was rejected when yeah. it was originally released, and uh, and honestly, the best thing that ever could have happened to the Halloween series is if Halloween two. This is my opinion. I'm just gonna say this. Uh, okay, so no one be mad. It's not the reality. This is an alternate universe of <laughs> Brian's idea here. Um, if the second movie had been Halloween three, season of the witch. If that had been the second movie, I think th- we would be experiencing a very different kind of thing. Now, each one of those could have spawn been more their own. After that, at all, <laughs> there might not I, have been. I actually, that, who knows? Either, either you've got you spin out into a whole bunch of of the the really essentially what you have is the Conjuring universe, you know, mm-hmm. 25, 35 years earlier. Right. Or you've got nothing (laughs) or you just have one and three, you know, or one in in that case, two, I guess. Same protagonists, different things that they fight. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and there's also this idea that 
within the Conjuring universe, you've got any one of those can have their own sequel, right? Mm -hmm. So Annabelle has got three sequels. The Nun is going to have a couple of movies. Um, You've got the Conjuring sort of backbone series uh, that has a fourth movie was just announced. Um, So uh, there are those things, you know, whether you're following the Warrens in their story or you're following the Annabelle doll or you're following the story of the nun that gets possessed by Valak, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it's, it can all sort of spawn its own things. So you could have a Michael Myers line. You can have a Connell Cochran line. You can have, I don't know, a Corey line. You can have, uh, the Laurie Strode, uh, cycle like we have now so in a way i mean they're all michael myers movies except for three but there are those different continuities within the halloween saga as it exists it's just a different sort of way of doing that i mean obviously when you make michael myers laurie's sister that changes the dynamic a lot Mm -hmm. yeah so and some people love that I don't personally, but um, there there's some people like the movie just makes more sense if, if they're brother and sister. And I'm kind of like, but it also diminishes the themes. Yeah. It diminishes the themes I if think, they're brother and sister. Yeah, I think to me. It, this this timeline is a lot stronger than that now that it's it's come to an end and we've seen them all. Yeah. I, I don't know that it would have had the same effect if they had been brother and sister. Okay, I want to ask you one more question about this movie in particular. Okay. What do you think of The Last Shot? That's my the mask absolute out? favorite. It's my absolute yeah. favorite because, um, okay, what what I saw like just right away from it was I, I was really happy for Lori. <laughs> you know, it's kind of ending that I hope for for myself in a way. I'm so glad Lori survived. Yes. I, I was afraid they were going to kill her. I, I actually wasn't even thinking that until like that f- that final confrontation started. Um, even uh, even the thing with Corey when she kind of lures Corey um, to her, yeah. and but then like when that final thing started when you know he was at the house, and I was like, oh god, she's wearing the same outfit. <laughs> I didn't quite catch onto that until like there was one of the shots where she was hiding behind sure. a wall, and it was like the shot from the first movie, and then I was like, oh crap. Are they going to kill Lori? They better not. <laughs> yeah. But I much prefer, yeah, the the ending, the the final the final shot I'm thinking of is just the shots of her empty house. Is sure. is my favorite yeah, but part. The, but that last one where you, ha- you see the mask on the table, that's what I was. The mask was on about. the table. Yeah, the mask is lying on the table. The Michael Myers mask is still in her house. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't think. I think I was just more kind of focusing on the fact that yeah. it's it's her empty house. And there's that nice scene with with Frank and everything, and it seems like they're going to be together, and that they're it, she's had her closure, and that this is going to yeah. be a whole new life for her after this. And then it's the shot of her empty house that where where the the kitchen where you know mm-hmm. there have been this like brutal murder <laughs> almost murder of, of michael where she had confronted it and how it was just a contrast between the house where the kid that Corey accidentally killed right 
that house is is a graveyard. Yeah, Abs- it's full of the the memories of everything that happened here. And then hers is just like, okay, no, that's it's a home. It's it's warm. gone. It's, it's got light coming in through the windows. This thing happened yeah. here, but it's over. It's I've dealt with it, and it's not going sure. to take over my life. We're gonna go back. Things are are fine now. You know, that's why. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I didn't even notice the mask. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking I was yeah, more concentrating last, on that. Sure. Sure. The very last shot then is it kind of shows the like a coffee table and the mask is just lying there on the, on the table. I also have a bad memory, and here's, so it's possible. <laughs> here's what I think. I, I, I guess it's this idea that in spite of the cherry blossoms and moving on, the cherry blossoms thing totally made me think of uh, the rest is confetti <laughs> from the haunting of Hill House. Some for some reason, you know, it just had that same kind of evocation to me, I guess. But uh, my thought was that yes, even though this house is clean, as it were, um, <laughs> there, hold your case. There is this thing that still happened. Hmm? It's not going to entirely ever go away for Lori, but she can still move on. She can still Mm -hmm. live her life, even though she spent 40 years of it just not living, right? Which is just the saddest part of the first two movies, Mm -hmm. is that Lori has spent her best years of her life in fear, Mm -hmm. just squandering the life she could have had squandering the connections with her family with her especially with her daughter and granddaughter mm-hmm. uh it's it's tragic in that sense but now she and uh, apparently um Frank are there's there's this idea of there's a spark of they're going to they're gonna go on yeah. and have at I least a very gonna, nice. I think a very nice take... friendship, if they're not, if not, be together in their in their last years. I think that's uh, the beautiful idea. I think they're gonna take a trip to Japan together <laughs> and see the cherry blossoms. Yeah, and they're gonna send selfies back, and it's gonna be pretty. Um, well, yeah. you know, how I always think of you know people's surroundings are kind of always a representation of what's going on in their head. Yeah. A lot of times in Michael's movies, there. that's yeah, a thing. In some um, as- aspect, yeah. Whereas, you know, in 2018, you know, she has built her own little fortress. Um, and there's just, it's it's not a warm. It's very dark. Yeah, it's very it's, dark. Yeah. It's not that warm, like, grandmotherly, you know, house. It was kind of. It doesn't feel like a home. Yeah. It was definitely weird watching her, like bake a pie or whatever but then she screws it up i was like okay that's that's, like okay that's lori that's more lori than the one things keep blowing up in the microwave (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's more her than the grandma who like wears sweaters and and makes pies (laughs) and stuff that's what i like she's trying i think she's she's, trying (laughs) in some ways she's trying to resurrect Karen, I think for oh yeah, like the kind of mom that Allison. she was. Yeah, yeah, she was. She's def- wearing the sweaters and all that. Yeah, Karen was definitely that kind of that kind of mom, yeah. and Lori recognizes like how def- how different she was, and she wants to be better for herself and for Allison. But then, yeah, yeah that last shot. I mean, that's. I mean, yeah, that was just to me that was representative of what's going on in her head. Like she's 
she's gotten rid of the boogeyman, even though, yeah, he will yeah. always still be there in a way. Um, yeah. the I got to say, I really like the idea of trying to heal the town as well, where they yes. strap Michael to Absolutely. the top of the car. He's dead. And they're like, hey, you know, and they just sort of flash like, you know, hey, follow us. And there's this procession and they just put his body in the shredder. It's like, let's see if we can heal the wounds, begin to bind up the wounds of this broken, hurting mm. town uh, in some way and see if we can't um, fix the connections between us as well that are broken. Um, and I think that's that's a beautiful sentiment, I think. And I think as a nation, we sort of experience that in various ways. I mean, Absolutely. think about COVID. I mean, the, the divisiveness and the politics of the last, you know, frankly, 20 years have been very divisive and very difficult uh, that have they've continued to draw us apart to, to say, you know, this boogeyman, whether it be COVID or war or... I don't know. You you fill in the blank. It could be so many things, right? Yeah. Let's you know see if we can at some point put this thing in the shredder. Yeah. <laughs> and see if that can help us to bind our wounds and bind the, you know, sort of like the schisms between us as as a people. You know, not just cuz Haddonfield has always been, you know, a microcosm of America as a whole. You know, yeah. that's that I, I think it's supposed to be like middle America, normal mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's most seen in Halloween kills because there are all sorts of different kinds of people in that movie mm-hmm. uh, that end up working together in different ways. And a lot of times they fail and die. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I think that's their divisiveness and it's their fear that leads to their demise in that movie. And you see at the beginning of this one when, you know, Laura's doing her little voiceover and um, you see like just other deaths that have occurred in the town and like everyone's yeah. thinking, mm-hmm. Michael, Michael, it's Michael. No, it can't be Michael. But that his yeah. he's still on everybody's mind. He's always going to be yeah. on everybody's mind unless they, yeah, they have that final moment where they say, no, okay, he's he's gone. Like this is not something that we need to be afraid of anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the big thing. I mean, the, it's fear is such a, po- a potent enemy, you know, mm-hmm. it's such a divisive enemy. Um, and so anyway, yeah, I was the, really happy that it, some of those kinds of thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I was really happy that they they did that, too, that it was a closure, not just, you know, for Lori, but for everybody. I thought that was the perfect way to do it, especially with, you know, what they introduce in kills mm-hmm. with the mob mentalities. Yeah. And there's a particular idea in kills that Lori assumes that she's going to have to die mm-hmm. taking Michael out. And that's, you know, I, I was afraid that's kind of where they were going to take this, but it also seemed like the obvious choice. So I'm glad that they kind of didn't go with that. Um, and there's also, I mean, there, uh, if I'm going to, make another comparison uh i feel a little bit of friday five in this <laughs> um, okay. you know where where you've got someone who's not the franchise killer doing a lot of the killing in the movie yeah. uh, I, I think that's 
that's another element. Um, but anyway, I think that all of those, those movies though, Halloween three, uh, Christine, Friday, the 13th, five, all those movies have kind of gone through this reassessment where people have come around on them. And, Honestly, same thing's going to happen with Halloween ends. I'm telling you, <laughs> I, if, if there's if there's a movie that's got potential for that, it's this one. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. There might. Who knows? 40 years from now, uh, there might be someone writing an article on how Halloween <laughs> ends is sort of an acknowledged classic now. Uh, so who knows? We'll see. And I don't anything that I said about like, I don't understand why people didn't get this. I, I do understand like the, because yes, yeah. it didn't bother me personally when I was watching it, that it was so different and that Michael wasn't in it a whole yeah. lot. And it wasn't like the final confrontation. Like that's why I was able to enjoy it. I understand if people did have a problem with it because with a, even with a title like Halloween ends and like what they've set up with, the level of with Laurie and and Michael, yeah. you definitely expected something a little bit more than than what we got. Grandiose, instead, instead, yeah. yeah, instead we got this story with a whole new character, and I understand that being you know not what people were at least expecting. Yeah. I know it, you never don't watch a movie for what you want; watch it for what it is. But I mean, there is an expectation. I think mm-hmm. with this uh, movie, it just, um, I just kind of went along with yeah. it and I was very in- intrigued by this new story. And I think I kind of, because, uh, yeah. because I had kind of gotten from 2018 and, and kills that. Uh, yeah. This is uh, Laurie and Michael story, but also kind of not at the same time that it's just more representative sure. of a, of bigger ideas. And I, I always liked I liked that about those two movies, and so I was happy to see them continuing even further with this one and take it to that next level. Yeah, just to dovetail on that a little bit, a lot of times I don't necessarily understand why people hate certain movies. This one I do. I do. I actually, I genuinely understand why people hate this movie. Uh, and at least on first you know, watch. Hey, that's, yeah, and and that's 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 fine. I mean, like what you like, don't like what you don't like. Um, I I understand it less with Halloween Kills, to, if I'm being honest, because to me it's just like, oh, it's a it's a slasher movie. It's right in the title. I mean, you know <laughs> what you're gonna get with a right. movie called Halloween Kills. <laughs> that's what uh, I was You're thinking, gonna get yeah. lots <laughs> lots of lots of bloody gory kills, and that's what happens in that movie. Um, but. This one, I definitely get why people don't like it, and uh, but we don't on that have note, to be no whiny babies we, about we, it and start a petition. No, <laughs> to no, the, the, the petition. Oh gosh, that petition thing makes me. I, I wrote. I've written <sighs> two articles on that subject. I wrote. I wrote one for Manor Vellum called um, "I'm Your Number One Fan," which I. <laughs> Take, I take a toxic fandom through the eyes of misery. Mm. And then I wrote one for Bloody Disgusting um, that yeah, caused a little bit of controversy, which is fine. I don't care. Um, uh, called Are You Even a Horror Fan? Yeah. Um, so if you are interested in more of my thoughts on sort of toxic fandom and the, that relationship, um, the idea of starting a petition to re shoot you know game of thrones and now this and the last jedi and all those kinds of things is just ridiculous to me get over it it's only a movie as alfred yeah. hitchcock was fond of saying yes uh and definitely agree <laughs> yeah and 
and, and so it's the movie that I really th- this is if, if for better or worse whatever you think of it this is the movie that David Gordon Green wanted to make and I gotta respect that I mean if this is a trilogy that Danny McBride and David Gordon Green wanted to make awesome I I love that idea that uh kind of the auteur vision for this trilogy was made mm-hmm. and frankly i hate movies that are created by committee it's boring it's bland this is not boring and no. bland this is something this trilogy is love it or hate it and that's the thing most people are love it or hate it you know there's not a lot of middle ground on it which is going to be ironic when i share my ranking <laughs> uh, but um that's sort of what what this uh this represents to me so anyway speaking yeah. of ratings what did you out of 5 stars on letterboxd we both are on letterboxd if you don't follow us there you're welcome to what did you rate this one after I, your first viewing i gave it 4 stars Four stars, which is a really good rating for you. Mm-hmm. You don't, yeah, especially for a first watch. Um, I gave it three, but the more I sit with it and the more I think about it, the more I think that rating is going to go up. I have not changed it yet because I want to watch it again before I do, but I think it's going to go up. I really do. And honestly, of the three David Gordon Green movies, this is the first one that I'm like, I really, really, really want to go see it again. Mm-hmm. Halloween, I was like, oh, that was cool. Halloween Kills, I was like, hey, that was fun. Yeah. This one, I'm like, I don't know, but I really want to see it again. It, that's sort of my reaction to it. it, it, it is, I think I'm going to like it more as, it, as I watch it more. It was now, that when... I know, now, now that my expectations are out of the way, right. I can watch it for what it is. See, I didn't really have any kind of expectations, really. Um, yeah. I think just because, I mean, Halloween Kills was so much different than what I thought it was going to yeah. be. Um, I know. So I was like, I don't really have any idea what they're going to do with ends. And like I said, I stayed away from a, a lot of any talk of people, you know, who had seen it already. Sure. Yeah. And always, I really liked it right off the bat like I don't know, it just it really got to me as, as i was watching it because i was i was expecting i was honestly expecting to not like it or to at least think that it was really weird because <laughs> people were just that's all people would say about it they wouldn't really they couldn't really expound i guess because it was it's a new movie and i don't want to spoil yeah, all i spoil. all i heard was that it was weird and i was like this this isn't weird to me i i really really like this i really like what they're mm-hmm. doing and as it kept going, yeah. I was like, I like this even more. It's getting better. Yeah, I, I try not to use the word weird when I talk about this movie. <laughs> I do like to use the word, I try to use the word different. Because it is different <laughs> than, yeah. than other films in the, in the Halloween series. Or even in this trilogy. But uh, different is not necessarily a bad thing. So, anyway, so. <laughs> I don't think it's different in terms of seeing all of them together as a trilogy i think it's exactly the way that it should have gone honestly yeah so we're gonna do a quick ranking now did you want to do all 13 halloween movies or did you want to do okay (laughs) all right so we're just gonna do this i don't know what that would be (laughs) okay we're we're gonna do just uh i might throw in mine real quick 
but um, I can know what some of my favorites are. Sure, I guess. sure. We're so we're just going to rank this trilogy. We're going to rank these three movies. So uh, how do, how does it fall for you? My favorite of this trilogy is Halloween Ends. Great. Because I thought, like I just said, I think it's exactly what it should have been. It's I think it's exactly how this story with just all of it, Laurie, Michael, the town, what he represents, what the, the metaphors that they're playing with, the ideas that they bring up. I think they're all fleshed out really well in different ways in each of the movies. But as a conclusion, uh, I thought this was exactly the way it should have been. Um, I would say the next one would be the 2018 one just because there are more of those ideas and kills I, even though i enjoy kills for for what it is it there's a lot less of the those ideas that i i connect to personally yeah i think it's mostly like Lori's story and mm-hmm. her arc that i'm more interested in and just because there was a little bit less of that in kills sure i would put that one last even though i really like all of them this i love this trilogy yeah i really do yeah and i like all three of them too uh but m- my ranking i think is 2018 Halloween ends and then Halloween kills. I have a feeling, however, that Halloween ends will probably surpass and be my favorite uh, after another viewing or two and and maybe in watching it in context of the entire trilogy. So Mm. my actual full Halloween rankings, I just jotted them (laughs) down real quick. Okay. In 13th place, (laughs) <laughs> no surprise, uh, Halloween Resurrection. Um, okay. 12, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Though I'm willing to give that one another view. I don't think it would be that low for me. Number 11, Halloween. Don't the, say curse. The curse of it. Michael Myers. <laughs> then H2O. Then Halloween. Although I think I have to reevaluate that one too. Yeah. Then Halloween 5, which I kind of like. I think that one's kind of fun. <laughs> it's not you. great, but it's kind of fun. Uh, then Halloween Kills. Halloween 2 from uh, 1981. Mm-hmm. Halloween Ends. Uh, Halloween 2018. Halloween 4 is number 4. Uh, this is the big controversial one for my ranking. Uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is my number 3. That's not controversial at all. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah, I think that movie is really fantastic. My number two is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and then my number one is, of course, John Carpenter's Halloween. So I'm looking at my top... That sounds pretty good to me. I'm looking at my top three, though, and it's like they're sort of the standalones in the series. They're sort of the, Mm. the odd ducks of the series with Halloween ends being close to that as well. Uh, So being at five there, it's just kind of a, or six, I guess right now, I think it's going to go up. (laughs) I really do. Um, (laughs) I kind of like the odd ducks of this particular franchise. I think they're the most engaging and interesting. They take the biggest swings and whether they always land is up to the viewer. But for me, most more often than not, they do. And I've honestly, I've come around on Halloween 3 because I first saw it, I didn't particularly care for it. Mm-hmm. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, I'm one of the weird people that liked it from the start. So, Because um, you saw the right version of it, I, I'm telling you. I, that other version is not good. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I've only seen the director's cut of it. Uh, apparently, the uh, theatrical cut is available on streaming services somewhere. So that was on most streaming I, services, in fact. I had it mm-hmm. on DVD, I thought. Yeah, because the Scream Factory edition only has the director's cut. It's the only oh. one that has an alternate cut that only has one of them. And I think oh. that's interesting because... I don't think I even noticed that. Yeah, because uh, even even Halloween and Halloween 2, they have the television cuts uh, available on there, which I think is interesting. And obviously there's the producer's cut and the theatrical cut of uh, Halloween 6. So there's lots of stuff. I, and, you know, I got to reevaluate huh. some of these movies. I haven't seen Halloween 6 in a long time. I haven't seen Halloween 5 in a long time. I haven't seen H2O in probably the longest of any of them. Yeah. So... Actually, that's not true. I think I said Halloween Resurrection <laughs> is the one I've seen the least, I think. Uh, I think I've seen it twice, ever. I think I've seen it once. Yeah, and <laughs> that was enough. I don't even remember it except the beginning when Laurie dies, and I was just like, and, fuck this movie. That is, <laughs> I talk about doing a, doing a character dirty. Uh, right. <laughs> it, that's pretty repulsive. I don't know if I could do an entire series ranking right mm-hmm. now that's 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 too much on the spot pressure some of my favorites though are i mean now that i've seen all of them i, I do really en- i can't help it i enjoyed the producer's cut of halloween six uh-huh. just for funsies halloween three like i, I that's, that's another one i have I, I haven't seen a lot of these that much this is one of those series where i it's not um one where i i watch the sequels like over it's mostly just been the first one like i don't even remember a whole lot of halloween two mm-hmm I, just, I haven't watched that one in forever. I just wrote an article on it last year, and then I watched Halloween 3 for an article this year. So yeah. I'm, I'm they're, those are pretty fresh for me. Yeah, I do enjoy Halloween 3, mm-hmm. um, Halloween Ends, uh, and Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 uh, and 4 and, are probably some of my favorites. Yeah. The rest are kind of a little mix at the bottom because I haven't watched them a whole lot. Like I said, I really want to reevaluate H2O because, you know, people are just saying that they, they really liked Lori's character in that one. And it's, that wasn't something that I remembered as much. So I might have to go check her out in that one. Yeah. Again, like I said, I haven't seen that in a really long time and it would be definitely worth uh, reevaluating. Well, honestly, any of them. Any time that you mm-hmm. can watch a movie in a different context as long as you're sort of have the desire to do so it's not a bad idea to take a look at it and see what you think now as compared to what you thought then there's nothing wrong with that absolutely okay so i hope you enjoyed our thoughts on halloween ends Uh, we'll be back next week with a friends forever favorites episode with Lindsay wilkins on jurassic park uh then we've got our episodes that are, were teased in the last one about our Thanksgiving food episodes on food movies uh, on uh, Tampopo and Babette's Feast and uh, more stuff ahead of coming up. Uh, we actually have horror. A super fun one right after that. Yeah, yeah we've, we've <laughs> got a lot of horror actually coming up in November and December, uh, which is a lot of fun, I think, to actually... We're kind of going the the dark holiday route, I think, this year, which we did not go uh, last year. But they're both fun. Yeah. I think the movies that the horror films that we're doing uh, during the Christmas season are actually a lot of fun. So um, it'll be good to talk about those. 
Okay, thanks for listening. Just real quick, uh, you can find me at BrianWaves42 on Twitter. You can find me at Michelle in Agen. And you can find our show at Movie Life Pod. Uh, you can drop a rate and review. And uh, if you enjoyed this kind of format where we just talk about a new movie, just our impressions and thoughts without the big, heavy, deep dive, um, let us know. We'd love to hear what you think. And we hope that uh, you did enjoy Maybe it. Maybe we'll do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we'll do it for other new releases. Yep. Could be something fun, fun little bonuses we can drop in here and there. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, this might be a little rougher in our edit than normal, but I think the conversation flowed pretty well, so hopefully it won't <laughs> it won't be a big issue at all. I think all. it'll be pretty easy for you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we uh, hope that you enjoyed and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.